Hello and a very warm welcome to the Body Shots Boxing Podcast. My name's Ronald McIntosh, boxing commentator for the BBC. On the Body Shot Boxing Podcast, we'll be taking a look at the sweet science from a perspective that considers more than previews, reviews, results and rumour. And in this episode, in light of Anthony Joshua's recent debut in the professional ranks, we'll explore what he can expect now that the vest and head guard have been removed. Coming up in this edition. Music, the whole light, you're in your new gown with your diamonds on it. That's the only sense of, of pressure that I put on myself. Introducing uh, Evander, the real deal, The people who come out of amateur as better fighters than the professional. We're all selling the same product, which is boxing but it's how you, you put it across in your sales pitch. The pride of Barnet North London, Darren Barker. People are paying money to watch you fight. Then you, you're open to uh, criticism. Really what you need to be focused on is his career, his boxing, and his development. Some of the luminaries we'll be hearing from exclusively during the course of this edition of the Body Shots Boxing Podcast, along with other leading figures from the fight game, will explain exactly what lies in store for Anthony Joshua, or indeed any amateur star, as they embark on a journey in the professional ranks. So, unsurprisingly, 2012 Olympic super heavyweight champion Anthony Joshua has made a winning start to his professional career, scoring a destructive first-round knockout over the previously unbeaten Emanuele Leo of Italy at London's O2 Arena. Unsurprising, because unless you're Pete Rademacher, the 1956 Olympic heavyweight champion who challenged Floyd Patterson for the world title in his first professional bout, then high-profile amateurs are usually eased into the paid code against limited opposition. But demonstrating the mindset that was perhaps crucial in their rise to the top of the amateur ranks, a pair of recent Olympic champions ensure and insist they take nothing for granted. My name's Luke Campbell. Um, European champion, world silver medalist and Olympic champion. Obviously you've got to start from the bottom and work your way up, it's as simple as that. Um, and I'm happy to do that. But I see each opponent capable to do anything I can do. You know, and that's the way I treat it. When I prepare for fights, whoever it may be, I prepare in the best possible shape I can be in. I'm prepared that these people who are stood in front of me are a champion. I never underestimate anybody or take anyone for granted. You know, I think that's the worst thing you can do in the sport of boxing. Hi, I'm Anthony Joshua. I'm a world silver medalist, ranked number one in the world, Olympic gold medalist, now professional. I always think anything can happen in the boxing ring. Even if this guy was, was 100 and lost 100, I would still look at him as a potential opponent that could possibly beat me. I still see him as a, as a big threat to me. And regardless of if he's... 8-0 and, and not the best in Italy, I can't let myself down. 
and I want to get in there and I want to take him as just like Savon, just like he's as quick as Savon, as like he's as strong as Camarelli. This is another opponent that could potentially stop me from getting to where I want to get to and I need to make sure I'm game. Where Anthony Joshua and indeed every highly touted amateur prospect is trying to get to, of course, is the pinnacle of paid pugilism and win a professional world title. But even the most glittering amateur prize of all, an Olympic boxing gold medal, isn't a rock-solid barometer of success in a professional prize ring. Although they both share the noun boxing, the contrast between the amateur and pro codes a stark indeed. Well, for a start, as an amateur, it's a much shorter duration, isn't it? John Rawling is a boxing commentator with over 20 years of ringside experience. In those days, there were three-round fights, and you're looking to prosper over a very short period, and it's down to judges' appreciation of your point scoring. So it can look a little bit more like fencing than professional boxing. So you're looking for the eye-catching jab, which the judges can see, which gets the award, rather than putting together educated pressure and combinations. The biggest thing that fighters have to learn to do and to appreciate to do in the professional ranks, which they don't necessarily have to do as an amateur, is to work well and effectively at close quarters and to learn to pace yourself over potentially 12 championship rounds. It's a very different thing to putting together three rounds in a head guard and trying to impress judges when effectively you are moving into the professional ranks. And the first thing amateurs will tell you when they go and mix it with pros is how strong professionals are, not just top-level professionals, but journeymen. These guys who they go into and fight in their learning fights, they know how to survive, and they are strong, tough men. One man who shares that point of view is a former amateur star who finally scaled the heights of a professional world title more than 10 years after the high point of his tenure in the unpaid category. I'm Darren Barker, former 2002 Commonwealth Games gold medalist, and now I'm the IBF middleweight champion of the world. It was difficult. I was a boy as an amateur and I was a boy when I turned pro. And with time, I matured and, yeah, it became a lot easier. But it was tough. And I think most importantly is having that skill and having that amateur pedigree. Sort of reaching the pinnacle, winning goals for England, you know, was a real honour. But then you go on to new objectives, you know, it's a job. You were fighting people who were, you know, providing for their families. It, it was become a job. It, be, it becomes real, you know, people were a lot more spiteful. You're not picking punches, you, you're winning rounds. You, you know, you're putting bread on the table, so it becomes a lot more vicious, I think. Nonetheless, despite divesting the vest and head guard to join the union of those who punch for pay, a living boxing legend who made a seamless transition from amateur to pro feels that Joshua shouldn't neglect or forget the attributes that served him so well when he boxed for medals rather than money. Evander Holyfield, the only undisputed, undefeated cruiserweight champion and five-time heavyweight champion of the world. The, the people who come out of amateur as better fighters than the professional. And the professional tend to, you know, they fight at a slower pace and all this. And so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, with Joshua, it should be a lot easier because if he still on the fighting plan as an amateur throwing a lot of punches, he going to win on points and he's going to be able to knock the guy out. You have advantages when you, when you first get out there because you fight. Most professionals, they, they waste time. They, they kind of cheat the clock. They only going to throw two or three punches and stuff like that. So I think that as Joshua uses amateur ability, he, he should wipe them out. And that's exactly what Joshua did when making his professional bow, rendering his opponent senseless, prone on the canvas at the 2 minute 47 mark of the opening round. After witnessing such a destructive debut, an interested observer, who happens to be an inductee in the International Boxing Hall of Fame, offers some 
amusing advice. You know, take dancing lessons, you know. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> it's like Lennox Lewis says to take dancing lessons. My name is Lennox Claudius Lewis, and I'm an Olympic gold medalist, 1988, and uh, also heavyweight champion, undisputed, and the last undisputed champion of the world. I watched him in his first fight where he basically, you could say he busted his cherry because he basically had to go through this fight and, uh, you know, get this one fight under his belt. So he's got some pretty responsible people around him uh, leading his uh, boxing career and hopefully he can get some good fights under him and build up a repertoire of great fights. But who exactly are the men that'll be emerging from the opposite corner to face a fledgling professional? One of the most crucial members of a boxer's team is a low-key, usually unheralded fight figure, the matchmaker. It's Robert Diaz, Golden Boy Promotions. I'm one of the matchmakers. Golden Boy Promotions, the eponymous company of Olympic and multi-weight professional world champion Oscar De La Hoya, is one of the most influential boxing promotional outfits in the world. They've put together some of the biggest fights of recent times, and while they're not involved in Joshua's career, they do promote his 2012 Olympic teammate, Anthony Agogo. They're continually seeking to develop novices into the pay-per-view attractions of the future. And crucial to that evolution of a fighter from a beginner to a box office star are the right fights at the right time. It's a big responsibility. It's very important to have that relationship, not only with the fighter, with the trainer, um, with the team, because you need to be able to respectfully go and give a critique after each fight. He can go out there and win in the first round by knockout. You should still be able to say his, his jab was low, his right hand was low. We can't afford to do this in the pros anymore because one punch could end it all, especially for the big guys. But it's very important to, to have that relationship where you can talk. Um, so that's very important. But also, you don't want to go too slow because then you avoid that development. You don't want to go too soft because the whole key is to develop a fighter into a world champion, to get him ready for that big fight. If you go too fast, you might hurt his confidence, you might put him in too hard, too early. So it's a very fine line, you know, put him in with fights that are going to test him. Put him in in fights that he's going to have to think. Put him in in fights that at, at times he's going to get a little frustrated. But most importantly, put him in in fights that he's going to look good too because you want to create that new star in boxing. Eddie Hearn, Managing Director, Matchroom Sport. In securing the signature to develop and promote the professional services of the 2012 Olympic super heavyweight champion, Hearn has struck the sporting equivalent of Willy Wonka's golden ticket. But before anyone can count the cash and enjoy the fame, there's a tremendous amount of work to be done if they hope to fulfill Joshua's immense potential. Well, my ultimate job is, is to do the right thing for Anthony Joshua, but my other job is to satisfy my broadcaster and satisfy the fans. I think long gone are the, are the times of people knocking over fat bin men from Massachusetts. You know, it's now about actually having proper fights. And to be honest with you, if you're good enough, you'll look better fighting people who are coming to win. If I'm paying the money that I'm paying Anthony Joshua, I need every experience to be worthwhile. Worthwhile to Anthony Joshua, worthwhile to the fans, worthwhile to the broadcasters. So in that respect, he's got to learn. And he's not going to learn against people that are just running around for six rounds trying to hide. He's going to learn by fighting big men who are going to try and knock him out. And unfortunately, when that happens, sometimes they may knock you out. 
and that's heavyweight boxing and that's the risk you take. You know, I think that um, every fighter that we've got, we try and make them understand the business. And Anthony's one of those people that understands the business at quite a young age. Eddie Hearn outlining the cold, hard economic principles that underpin the professional boxing business. Shorn of the vest and head guard, the professional boxer is now an entertainer rather than solely an elite athlete representing his club or country. And that means fans expect value for money when they fork out their hard-earned cash to watch professional prize fighting. IBF world middleweight champion Darren Barker again. You're open to uh, criticism. People pay money to watch you fight and it becomes hard. Then, you know, people say, no, oh, you know, I don't think you'll go far. I don't think I'll do this. I don't think you'll do that. And it, and it hurts, you know, because you come from representing your country and being proud and, and, and having that support to people, you know, if you're not putting the hard work in and you're not impressing, you get booed and, you know, you get that criticism. And, and that was something I found hard at first. To be the best, you've got to be able to to do it all. 2012 Olympic champion Luke Campbell. You know, you've got to be able to deal with the fans, deal with the media, the exposure, the pressure, and then do the, the boxing in the ring. You, you can't just do the boxing and then that's it. You've, you've got to interact with your fans, you've got to sell yourself. You know, you, you look at Floyd Mayweather, you know, he, he deals with the fans brilliantly, he sells himself. I can remember some of what he said on one of his programmes is that you know, we're, we're all selling the same package. It's just that he's got a better sales pitch. You know, and I think that was fantastic, you know, because it is true. We're, we're all selling the same product, which is boxing. But it's how you, you put it across and your sales pitch, and um, that's what it's all about. But Lennox Lewis, who's beginning his own quest to discover and develop future champions in the fight game, offers advice with an emphasis on acquiring ring craft rather than presentation and packaging. The entertainment part of the business is a lot of people can get uh, distracted by that. And I would say to him not to get distracted by that. More focus on his boxing and, and his learning of, of the sport because at the end of the day, if you lose, you know, the advertisements and all the accolades that come with that fall short. You know, that's not going to help you. All of a sudden, they're not going to come through the door. So really what he needs to be focused on is his career, his boxing and his development. This is different. It is definitely different. This is entertainment. That's the only reason why there's that sense of pressure is because the music, the whole lights and the whole, you're in your new gown with your diamonds on it and all that stuff and... That's, that's the only sense of, of pressure that I put on myself. But if that was all taken away, I'd be calm. But I don't... That's what I'm saying. The main thing I've got to do is just keep it level-headed and don't let that get to me. So as Anthony Joshua begins a journey where he aspires to emulate the accomplishment of fellow giant Olympic champions such as Smoking Joe Frazier, Big George Foreman, Lennox Lewis and Vladimir Klitschko and become a heavyweight king of the professional prize ring, he appears completely aware of the long and winding road that he has to negotiate if he hopes to reach the top. So perhaps the final words of wisdom in this edition of the Body Shot Boxing Podcast should go to men whose exploits in the ring has seen them indelibly etch their respective names into the fistic annals of prize-fighting history, acquire boxing immortality, and secure their standing as all-time greats of the noble art. I think he can go all the way. I mean, he's already made the first step, and the first step is winning the gold medal at the Olympics. Don't let nobody outwork you. You know, it's the only thing, try to win every round. If he stick with his boxing skills, his boxing skills, he'll beat 85% of the people now. With his ability that he has, definitely can be the heavyweight champion of the world. 
Evander Holyfield with a resounding endorsement of the 2012 Olympic super heavyweight champion, leaving no doubt that he feels Joshua is very much the real deal. While Lennox Lewis feels that the golden amateur credentials of his fellow Londoner will lead to a glittering career as Joshua ventures into the sport and business of professional pugilism, a precarious place where the vest and head guard are not permitted. So that's just about it for this edition of the Body Shots Boxing Podcast. I'd like to say a big thank you to everyone who took part. Make sure you check out www.insearchofchampions.com to learn more about Lennox Lewis's ongoing mission to unearth a future boxing star and www.gogvc.com to read up on Evander Holyfield's humanitarian work in providing food for those who need it around the world. My name's Ronald McIntosh saying thanks for listening and be sure to stay abreast of social media for details and more information about the next episode of the Body Shot Boxing Podcast. Body Shot Boxing Podcast.